is Caleb Farley with the Lawrence County Public Library. It is February 25th, and this is the sixth episode of our genealogy podcast. In today's episode, I'll be talking about a Captain Freeze that was here in Lawrence County in the mid to late 1800s and early 1900s. Uh, owned a very unique looking house uh, that's still standing and actually built what was kind of like a local landmark that stood in Lawrence County for a while. I also have an article from uh, the Big Sandy News about a fire that happened back in the 1980s. So I was helping somebody the other day do a uh, obituary lookup and I came over a name that I hadn't heard before. The last name was Freeze, F-R-E-E-S-E. And the deceased person's name was Captain Milton Freeze. So I decided to look up the obituary just because I hadn't heard of that name before and I couldn't think of anybody around here that had that name. His obituary was in the Big Sandy News for September 23rd of 1904. His obituary is as follows. Captain Milton Freeze. The subject of this sketch was born in Medina, Ohio on the 11th day of November, 1819, and died in Louisa, Kentucky, September 14, 1904. He came to the Big Sandy Country early in the 40s. He then began a career of business energy and enterprise, which continued successfully and honorably, ending only when increasing years and physical infirmity compelled a withdrawal from the activities of a strenuous life. He engaged in business first at Prestonsburg, where he was married to Miss Minerva Vaughn. From this union, there were three children, F.F. Freeze, Mrs. W.S. Handley of Philadelphia, and Mrs. G.W. Roten, all of whom are living. At Prestonsburg, Captain Freeze was engaged in various business enterprises. He kept hotel, was a miner of coal, and a merchant. It was while living here that the Civil War broke out and Captain Freeze's sympathies were strongly in favor of the South. And being in this matter, as in all others, outspoken and frank, he so incurred the disfavor of the Unionists that he was arrested and was sent to Camp Chase, where he was kept a close prisoner for many months. After his release, he moved to Louisa, where for some time he was a hotel keeper. After a short residence here, Captain Freeze moved to Catlinsburg, where, as usual, he embarked in business with his usual vim and success. It was about this time that his wife died, and shortly afterward, the family moved to Louisa, where he remained the remainder of his life. In 1867, he was married to Miss Kate McGuire. Four children were born to them, of whom three are living. Mrs. J.C. Thomas, Mrs. Robert McGee of Cincinnati, and Mrs. Charlotte Freeze. Captain Freeze's career as a citizen and businessman is part of the history of the Big Sandy Valley. He was a builder of steamers from Catlinsburg to Pikeville and from Cincinnati to Parkersburg. He is remembered as a steamboat man of untiring push and skill and famed for his courteous manner. The Dewdrop, the Fanny Freeze, the Sally Freeze, the famous Fleetwing, the Lexington, and other boats were all owned and managed by him. And on them no preacher ever paid a cent of fare and on them no passenger ever received aught but the most polite attention. In Louisa, he built flouring mills, carding mills, livery establishments, and stores. The Louisa Flouring Mill is a monument to his industry, 
and his daily greeting to all within hearing is a reminder of a man whose money and enterprise first set its wheels in motion. Fires ate up in an hour the fruits of many labors, and wreck and disaster put more than one boat out of commission. But through it all, he would smile and joke, light another cigar, and plan another and bigger mill, a bigger and faster boat. And all through these active, busy years, and the connection with so many and such varied enterprises, Captain Freeze maintained an unspotted reputation for integrity and rugged honesty, of which his children may be well proud. No stain soils the record of 60 years of business life or dishonest acts upon the character of Milton Freeze. In social life, Captain Freeze was hospitality and geniality itself. He was fond of society, and wherever he went, his handsome face and figure and courteous manner made him a welcome guest. Late in life, he joined the Southern Methodist Church, and over his wasted form, the minister whom he liked so well, Dr. Boland, told in tender words the story of his Christian experience and by the open grave on Pine Hill. When all was mortal of the old captain had been lowered from our sight, he repeated the solemn words, Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. No more for the honored citizens are the bustle and activities of this mart of trade. No more for the old meat man are the storms and vicissitudes of his trade. No more for him the pains and sorrows which compassed his more than fourscore years. Instead is the restful peace of the silent sleep and the blissful reward of well done, thou good and faithful servant. I did some further research on Captain Freeze, just trying to find more about him. And his home is still standing. Uh, it's known as the Captain Freeze House, and it's over on Sycamore Street here in Louisa. Um, on Wikipedia, it says, The Captain Freeze House on Sycamore Street, facing the Big Sandy River in Louisa, Kentucky, was built in 1853. It was listed on the National Register of Historic Places in 1988. Its architecture has been described as antebellum vernacular. It was part of a farm that used the Big Sandy River to export its crops and was deemed notable as a good representative of Louisa's early settlement and agricultural and commercial patterns. The house was equipped to serve as a hospital during the American Civil War, but was not uh, used in that capacity. I'll uh, include a picture of this on our Facebook page so people can take a look at it. It looks to be two stories. Uh, there's an outside set of steps going up to what might be a small room built onto the second floor. Uh, it's a white building with looks like multiple chimneys. I also found an article written by a Marlita H. Perkins. She ran a blog called Eastern Kentucky in the Civil War. Uh, she wrote a rather in-depth article about uh, Mr. Freeze's life um, on Monday, August 8th, 2011. What I found interesting was towards the end of the article, uh, there's a photo of the Freeze house and it has some, looks like plants have kind of grown up around it. So I'm not sure if it's still occupied. Um, they, the article states, in November of 1867, Milton Freeze married Kate McGuire of Louisa, the daughter of Nicholas McGuire. In 1872, the couple purchased an antebellum two-story brick house plus five acres in Louisa from former Union Captain Thomas D. Markham, 14th Infantry, 
for 3,150, and antebellum means post-war. The house is still in existence today and is located at the end of Sycamore Street overlooking the Big Sandy. There's also a photo of the old mill that sits where, or that sat behind where Giovanni's is currently located. Um, I had a feeling that the mill that uh, was talked about in his obituary might be the Louisa Old Mill. And it says, Freeze later established the Louisa Roller Flouring Mills, which had a capacity of 75 barrels per day. Despite being a successful businessman throughout his life, Freeze fell onto hard times and in 1894 had to sell his house in Louisa at auction for $200, reportedly amount of debt he owed. Milton Freeze died 10 years later on September 14, 1904, and was buried at Pine Hill Cemetery in Louisa, Kentucky. And the photo says, Louisa Roller Flowering Mill, later known as the Louisa Supply Company. And this is the mill that burned, um, I think I was in high school, so it would be the early 2000s. And the photos, it has the Louisa Supply Company sign on the front. I'll uh, include that on our Facebook page too. I was able to find the uh, entry for the Freeze home in the uh, National Landmark Registry and the history of the house goes as follows. This house appears to have been built after Burke and Hewlett purchased the 22 acres in 1853 from Jefferson Bell. Benjamin and May Burke moved to Catlettsburg where he switched from the farm and river to building for a living. They sold the property to T.D. and Mary Markham in 1864. This deed refers to the Brick House. The house was reportedly equipped as a hospital during the Civil War, but never used as such. The locally illustrious Captain Milton Freeze bought the house and five acres in 1872. Captain Freeze was a steamboat captain on the Big Sandy and a local businessman and prominent citizen. He owned the Big Grain Mill in Louisa, see site number LA-L-10. Freeze was born in Ohio and came to Louisa after the Civil War. Freeze sold the property at auction in 1894 for only $200, which was reportedly the amount of his debt. He had bought the property for $3,150. As the property changed hands a half a dozen times between 1894 and 1946, the lot was reduced in size. Clyde L. Miller bought the house in 1946 and has been in the Miller family since then. Using this reference number, I was able to locate a Big Sandy Milling Company in the uh, National Registry. It says, This mill has always been owned by Louise's most prominent businessmen. In the 1880s by Captain Milton Freeze, the 1900s by John C. Burns, in 1910s by J.P. Miller, in 1920s by John Moore and Pearl Coons, and from 1929 until about 1970 by the Wooten family. Tradition dates this building to pre-Civil War. Initials and a date of 1840 were found on a doorframe and may confirm this. According to another tradition, which has not been confirmed, the mill was moved to the present location from a nearby spot on the river. This makes sense, since the 1840 etched date predates the railroad tracks, which are adjacent to the building and upon which it does depend by some 40 years. This location is only approximately 200 yards from the river, but for 1840, that is an unlikely location. 
The riverbank would have had plenty of room to locate such a building, making loading onto flatboats much easier. I was going through the Lawrence County history book trying to find information about uh, Captain Freeze, and I wasn't able to find too much, but I did find an article about a fire that happened in Louisa back in the 1980s. The Big Sandy News for February 20th, 1980 features a large article titled, Louisa Business Gutted by Fire. Louisa's second major fire in five years, another near Holocaust, consumed four businesses. The downtown was saved as fire departments from five cities braved 13 degree temperatures containing the raging inferno that was not out until near noon on Monday. The fire believed to have been set up to cover burglaries at Cooper's department store and the office of attorney E.E. E. Bud Adams Jr. on the top floor of the Rice Building. Located at the corner of Main Cross and Main Street, the structure also houses Paul Parker's Montgomery Ward catalog store. Neither were damaged because of the thick walls that facilitated the old Louisa National Bank and First Federal Savings and Loan Association. This financial institution relocated last year in the middle of the block and was heavily damaged by water. All records were saved, according to Secretary Leif Hinkle II. Hughes Jewelry Store and Bible Bookshop were also rubble. However, some valuable jewelry and other items were salvaged by the owners Monroe Hughes and son Norman Hughes. The building was owned by CPA Dan Howard, whose office was upstairs and demolished. The Big Sandy News was gutted with a shell of three walls fronting on Main Street remaining standing. It smoldered until 10 a.m. Monday with firemen remaining on vigil. Only a few items were salvaged from the 100-year building that houses the weekly newspaper more than 50 years and has been published since 1885. No estimate as to overall amount of damage has been released, but the loss to the Big Sandy Publisher Company, Inc. is estimated by publisher Mrs. Merrill Rice as more than $100,000. In addition to publishing the paper, the firm also performed job printing. Managing editor Gene Marvin Jr. said the paper will not miss any publication dates, but intends to rebuild on the same location to continue to provide news and services that our readers and subscribers deserve. A temporary office will be established in downtown Louisa until the new office is rebuilt, Mrs. Rice said. State Trooper Charles Cranute said a German long rifle was stolen from Adams' office, along with about $100 in money. The rifle has been recovered. No estimate as to what was taken from Cooper's has been made or items recovered. Assistant Louisa Fire Chief Gary Nelson and three other firefighters were the first on the scene, but since the blaze was out of hand, he summoned assistance from Fort Gay, Cerrito Canova, Ashland, and Catlettsburg. Fort Gay Fire Chief Jack Troutwine lamented when he arrived the Holocaust was raging out of control, threatening much of the downtown, which could have engulfed the First National Bank adjacent to the newspaper on Main Street and Main Cross businesses, Jim Rose's Bargain Center, Dollar General Store, and Junior Isaac's Western Auto Associates Store. CPA Howard faces a double tragedy. His father, M.B. Bunk Howard, died early Sunday. Chief Troutwine attributed a spray nozzle truck from Ashland as controlling the blaze since it could have elevated to a height that saturated the tops of buildings. Also, two ladder trucks were able to spray 30 feet above the buildings. Local merchants opened their doors. George, Ned, and Mays converted modern auto supply to become a rest station, serving gallons of hot coffee to concerned observers, media people, and recovering firemen braving frigid temperatures. 
Arnold Pennington, manager of Cox's department store, furnished gloves for firemen without protection for their hands. Wayne Bromley, officer and legal counselor of the First National Bank, availed the institution for communications and comfort station. Louisa Fire Chief Gary Nelson said no injuries were reported, but firefighters were hampered by the icing of hoses and the age of the buildings involved. He added if the Big Sandy News building had been as high as the Rice building, which is also owned by Mrs. Carlene Rice, it probably could have been saved, Chief Nelson said. Marvin added that the new 8-inch water line system recently constructed in the city to the outlining areas probably saved the day. This article was written by Gene Marvin Jr., the managing editor for the Big Sandy News. So, that is it for this episode of the Lawrence County Public Library Genealogy Podcast. Um, I'm trying to find more info out about the uh, old mill, the Louisa Supply Company, the flour mill, whatever you want to call it. Um, I remember it happening in the early 2000s, so I may spend some time digging through the Big Sandy News on microfilm, but if anybody knows exactly when it happened, that would be a huge help for me. Uh, I know there was a video circulating years ago of the, the mill on fire. Um, I'd like to get that too. But hopefully everybody has a great day. The weather's been kind of crazy here lately, but it's supposed to be getting better. Have a great day. <laughs>